people being media illiterate in the last several years, it has a profound impact on our democracy. And so if we are unable to tell stories and decode and interpret messages, whether that's a visual message of an infographic or a photograph or a social media post, if we're unable to do that, then we're doomed. Hey, welcome everyone. My name is Lisa Larsgaard and I am a senior consultant with Twig Education. Today I am very honored to have Michael Hernandez with us. He is an EdTech innovator and integrator, a curriculum designer, a speaker, a digital storytelling expert, and he happens to also be a media literacy trainer for teachers. He has amassed quite a collection of awards, Apple Distinguished Educator, Google for Education Certified Innovator, and PBS Digital Innovator, just to name a few, because trust me, the list is long. I want to welcome you, Michael. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Your expertise and background is really kind of this brilliant collision of both filmmaking and education. So tell us a little bit about how those two worlds kind of came to be one for you. I went to film school for graduate school because I wanted to be a filmmaker and a storyteller and, you know, move people and make an impact. I sort of, by chance, landed a job teaching high school film production and broadcast journalism. That was sort of my five-year plan that I would, you know, pay off some student loan debt and work on my own projects in all of my spare time because, you know, teachers have so much spare time. And uh, so kind of ended up falling in love with it. And um, now I'm in year 22 of the five-year plan. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of like my story. But, you know, really, as I think about, you know, our world and what students need in their lives and also to understand, you know, the subject matter that we're teaching them, you know, a lot of times we ask students to, share what they know, like demonstrate your knowledge. Usually it's in the form of an essay or a test or something like that. You know, teachers know that the best way to learn something is to be able to teach it, right? And so that's kind of what we do with the journalism and even explainer videos that I do in my other classes too, is like, if you really want to know something and you have to be able to explain it very clearly to somebody else, um, you can't gloss over details. And so you know, storytelling is, is so much about knowledge as, as much as it is about thinking about how other people will perceive your ideas and knowledge and how you clearly communicate those ideas to other people. The skills that the students are learning storytelling wise are really powerful and important no matter what their future holds for them. So whether they're going to be in business or politics or science, um, you know, science is all about being able to communicate important findings to other people because you have to get grants Um, You have to, as we found out in the past several years, um, people distrust scientists and experts. And so we need to do a better job of being transparent in our process. How do we uh, explain to the public why the research and the science is so important to our lives? Why is it worth an investment? How can scientific findings or any other kinds of findings in social studies or psychology or business, why are those important um, to everybody and why should we share in this investment? While it's easy to dismiss storytelling as sort of this frivolous thing, and even the word storytelling kind of comes with its own sort of baggage and connotation of a childish thing you do on the side for entertainment, it's really, as we found with people being media illiterate in the last several years, it has a profound impact on our democracy. And so if we're unable to tell stories and decode and interpret messages, whether that's a visual message of an infographic or a photograph or a social media post, 
If we're unable to do that, then we're doomed. And so I think, you know, the classes that I teach are not frivolous and they're not extracurricular and they're not secondary, they're primary. Let's get into a little bit more of the transferable skills that kids from your class will take with them into the future. You know, the transferable skills are vetting sources. Who can you trust? Whether it's just a per- interpersonal face-to-face kind of interaction on the playground or in the classroom or at home. Like, who do I trust? Who's got reliable, credible information to help me make a good decision about my life? The choices that we're going to make in the future with climate change and racism and all of that stuff, I think, you know, vetting sources is, you know, the number one foundation for that. Also, a really important skill that's transferable is, uh, you know, we've talked a lot, and I've used this term in the past as well, of like student voice. Everybody has an opinion, right? But you're not entitled to your opinion unless you can back it up with evidence. Instead of maybe encouraging students to have voice, because traditionally they've been sort of neglected in the, in the education system, you know, it's been sort of sit there and listen to the teacher or the textbook's idea of what is truth. Um, instead, what we need to do is listen. And I think listening is the most important skill of storytelling. It also has to do with empathy. It also has to do with this idea, especially you think about in science, but pretty much everything, right? Like whose story is being told and whose story is not being told? What happens if we're only getting a part of the picture? The idea of listening. In science, you might call that observation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think other transferable skills. Clearly, there's like what we might call media literacy, which is sort of a vague term. And then, of course, there's visual literacy, which I think is like being able to decode and interpret photos and, and video, audio information as well. So, you know, in science, you know, we have infographics. How do you present your data in a visual way? You know, that's in state testing and all that stuff, too, is being able to decode charts and graphs. Yeah, that, that's just some of them. I mean, there's so many others. There's collaboration and problem solving. You know, I see my students really struggling a lot of times with this idea of I have to do everything by myself. And if I don't do it by myself, it's cheating. And that's sort of an American attitude that we have to go it alone. And there's that myth of the lone scientist or the lone artist, you know, who's just a creative genius, you know, that works on their own. And instead, what I have to have them unlearn is that and relearn how to rely on others to iterate ideas, really, like use design thinking to, to bounce around ideas. Yes, there needs to be some individual you know, accountability for sure. We, we want kids to exercise and, and strengthen all of those skills and that knowledge. So there's definitely times when they need to, to be independent. But I think, generally speaking, to solve problems in the world, you have to be able to rely on others. Like, if you really care about learning, you've got to have, like, reach out to the hive. Like, you're not the smartest person in everything. You never will be. And so that's okay. Really, if we want to get somewhere, we've got to, like, rely on others and work as a team to get things done. That's amazing. It's such an eye-opening response to that question. Like you said, all of those skills are not only transferable, they're imperative with where we are in the world today. I also think about if you're in the business world or maybe you're even in academia, right? You go to the school board to present an idea. I think we should take curriculum this way or the studies find this and we should pivot and change what we're doing to improve, right? You don't go to them with a five paragraph essay and you don't present, you know, a poster or diorama, you know, and I see that happening in schools. It's like, well, the kids need to make something. Sure. But you'd be laughed out of the room if you went to a group of of funders with a diorama, you know, unless it's a diorama of like the bridge you're building or something like that, which is kind of important. But you tell a story 
this is what's important. This is the need. This is why our solution can solve that problem. And this is why you should fund us. That's a story. You know, a PowerPoint presentation is a story. It's cinematic. You've got a beginning, middle, end. You've got images. Hopefully they're not bullet points because you can just print that out and read that. You've got your voice. There's performance. There's empathy that you're building. There's passion that's involved. You've got to think about the human element here. It's sort of fundamental to who we are as humans. And storytelling has always been around, right? It seems to me that it can really create kind of an equal opportunity for students who, for example, might be English learners. Yeah. In fact, I was just before this recording started, I was looking on Twitter and an Apple Distinguished Educator had posted something that she did in her classroom, which was she was working with elementary age students and they did an about me animation with Keynote, which is like PowerPoint on Apple products. And it was basically the kids drawing like a profile head of theirs and inside all of these different images of objects of things that sort of describe their passions, their interests. And so in a visual way, you can communicate what someone's thinking because we can't always find the right words. And But you're right, like all these other um, groups of students who, whether it's a language issue, whether it's a processing issue, uh, students with learning disabilities aren't always able to communicate in the traditional ways. And I think, again, one of the problems that we face in education is that if you don't fit in the box, you know, it's your fault. As educators, we need to kind of let go of that idea that if you're not doing it in a traditional way that we learned how to do it, or what's on the test, or the way that the test measures you, then you're not a good student, you're not intelligent, et cetera, et cetera. And how that in, ends up impacting those individual human beings with you know low self-esteem and the downward spiral that's going to just sort of affect their whole educational experience. And then we lose out because we don't get those great ideas. For the teacher who doesn't have experience taking advantage of filmmaking or video in the classroom, what are some key critical tips or tricks that you could give them to get started? I would say just start looking for exemplars that are out there, depending on what you're trying to do. I would say start small, make something very short, like a minute or less. Start with something very, very simple and scaffold up in complexity as far as technical complexity. Because you could really end up swimming and having a terrible experience if you say, make a 10-minute documentary in two weeks, you know, and it's just a like I spend like a semester working on like a 10-minute documentary with my students, you know, so and that's a dedicated class just to filmmaking. It's not like in addition. And speaking of which, I would say. I think a lot of teachers are stressed out and they have enough on their plates already. So we don't want to add more work. So I'd say, you know, when you start off small, like swap out one of your assignments and make it an optional, make an explainer video instead of a class presentation, the students have an option. And I know a lot of teachers were doing that during the pandemic and remote learning is you couldn't be face to face. And so a lot of teachers gave that as an option. I think that's fantastic to be able to do that because again, you're like, you've, <laughs> how many of you like are really comfortable with public speaking? Like you get nervous and you stutter or you forget something and, you know, is that your grade? Is that your good, your best work? And instead you can take the time to do it right, to practice and rehearse, to do it over again. Um, And you have a little bit more flexibility maybe if the students can work on their own devices. And the other big piece too, I think that a lot of us struggle with, I know I do, is uh, I feel like I need to know everything. And if I don't know everything, if I, if I make a mistake, the kids are going to jump on me and I'm going to lose credibility. And I think you get more credibility when you admit that you don't know something. And so work with the students, have them teach you because you have kids who are superstars of that kind of thing. It comes naturally to them almost like 
that are really talented with editing or voiceover and you're like, hey guys, uh, I don't know how to use this app. Can somebody teach me how to do it? Or go ahead and have them teach the class or mentor other students through some of that. I think that really shows that you trust them and think of like how that makes them feel so much better that, that you, the teacher, trust them to teach the class or to teach you. Well, how empowering right. is that, right? That's a good example of the student voice you mentioned earlier in terms of passion and expertise. You know, let our kids be the experts in something. Well, listen, I know that our time is wrapping up here. So how can people reach out to you or get more information on how they can take advantage of your expertise? So you can find me on Twitter at Cinehead, C-I-N-E-H-E-A-D. And you can find me on Instagram at changing.the.narrative. Definitely reach out if you guys have questions, or I'd love to see the work that you're doing in your classrooms and share that out too. And then just so our listeners know, Twig Education has created a new platform called Twig Create, which addresses a lot of what we talked about on this call. It's a very, very easy three-step video production for your students in which they can create some bite-sized videos that really explain their learning. So please feel free to reach out to contact at twigeducation.com and we can give you more information on that or you can go straight to twigcreate.com and you can actually sign up for a free account. So thank you, Michael Hernandez. You have been an absolute joy and pleasure and as always, I walked away very inspired. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck, everybody. Everybody.